Listeners, readers, welcome back to part two of our three-part discussion of Elena Ferrante's The Lost Daughter. If you haven't listened to part one and you were planning on doing that, you might want to go back and do that before you dive into part two. At the end of part one, we were discussing a little bit about the proliferation of the names, the name of Lita in particular, and how that, that name proliferates. We're going to continue with that discussion today, talking more about how all of the different names proliferate, but then also about how mothers in the book, daughters, pregnancies, babies, dolls, all of these things are proliferating uh, in a way that's actually very significant. It's not just creepy, it's also significant. We'll get to the significance in the third part. We're then going to be talking about the creepiness and sort of the horror aspect of this novel, um, mostly psychological horror, but also some actual kind of gross creepiness, um, which I actually loved. It's funny, I am not a horror movie watcher, but I don't mind it um, when I don't have a visual of it. So it's, um, you know, up to you whether or not you want to dive into some horror. And it's not, it's not like, you know, slasher film or something, but it's, it's definitely, there are definitely some creepy little bits, which we will discuss. Okay, we're going to dive into this idea of proliferation. So we discussed in the first part this idea of Leda as um, proliferating in the sense that she gives birth to someone named Helen, but Helen is an, a version of uh, Elena. So you have this idea of, of the daughter of Leda as being uh, Elena in the same way that the daughter of Nina in the book is, uh, her, her daughter is Elena. So you have all of these different echoes of mothers whose daughters are named Helen or Elena. The other interesting thing for me, and uh, we discussed in the first part about how Elena Ferrante has this, it's a pseudonym, we don't know, in fact, who she is. And I think it, that does something interesting for me in that she seems like kind of a generic person because I don't have a lot of biographical information about her. It's easier for me to see her as kind of a um, like a non-person. And then I think it allows you to, to, to not impose any biographical information, but just to take what is there. 